The following is a Cast Wave Studios production. First officer Brian Massey. Today we review episode 15, Balance of Terror. Mm. It's gonna be good, baby. It's gonna be really great. And it's a nice day for a white wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your boots and engage. Sean Holmes, and with me is uh, Brian Massey here. It's me, your host, Brian Massey. Yes. Uh, today <laughs> we uh, we get to go over, um, well, the uh, the the first time we've seen Romulans. Yeah. On on, on the Star Trek. Ever. <laughs> it's the first time we ever saw the Romulans on the Star Trek. On on. The, well, on it's the first time we saw the Romulans on the Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but have I ever told you, like, my dad used to call it Star Trek? <laughs> it wasn't Star Trek, as in, like, you know, like... Sounds, sounds like such, like such a, a country... It's such a southern thing to... It's like, well, you know, when I was a kid growing up, we used to watch a Star Trek. We used to watch Star Trek. Yep. And then, uh, then we uh, go out back and drink some beer. Like, it's called Star Trek, Dad. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking it's about? Called, yeah, it's called Star Trek. I mean, come on. Like, seriously. No, no, but, like, that's still, like, you, you know, all nerdy qualms aside, that is kind of weird, though, right? Star Trek, as in, like, you're running track and field, like, Star Trek. Like, what the fuck? Like, Star Trek and field? Like, like Star Trek. He used to call it Star Trek, yeah. Star Trek. Star- <laughs> I used to watch Star Trek. I used to watch Star Trek, and yeah, now, now I just <laughs> sit, sit uh, alone by myself. Eating uh, a nice juicy oh peach. God, no. Um... <laughs> So uh, anyway, uh, um, I don't really have much to talk about in like the first half of this episode because we were so preoccupied pre-show pre-show by NPR. Y- yeah, NP- uh, like it's the fascination. Of Let's talk about that real fast. Then why not? We we, we should we should uh, coming <clears throat> up on on you know it's, it's it starts out like this you know you got, you got this this whole fanfare. Coming up on listener-supported NPR, we get to discuss uh, Kirk, and he's a chauvinist asshole, and why feminists hate him so much. Yeah, that's right, Sean. We're going to talk about some of his lesser moments, and we're also going to talk about some of the other moments of Star Trek that don't really get as much attention as they should. They, um, have you ever noticed that when people at NPR talk in the microphone, they talk very close? Yeah, it's almost like they're... Making love. 
to the microphone. Very moist. Here on Listener's Morning NPR. <laughs> what was it I said earlier? It was like the the way that they talk sometimes is almost like it could be called ASM NPR. <laughs> you know? Like I've talked about ASMR in the show, and it, it, I still think that like among everybody else but myself, it's still this weird thing that like nobody likes. But it's oddly, it's still something that just fascinates the hell out of me. And it it is kind of like that, where like you know you kind of get close to the microphone and you talk slow, and like you got mouth sounds and stuff like like, like you're eating a potato or something like, <laughs> and shit like that. You know you're kind of like scratching. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be massaging your ears. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, oh boy, gee, George, that's, that sounds good. Oh, George. Oh, George. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, I don't know. It's been um, I just need a little bit of nonsense just because it's been a, it's been a long week. <laughs> so it, it really. If we don't, has been a long yeah, week. we don't really have any new. I mean, we. There's a trailer that dropped, but it's not the right star thing, so I don't feel like we can talk about it here. Um, yeah. Here's the thing, and I... I want to talk I, about I, it, but I feel like we're going to have to talk about it on BGN. We can talk about it on BGN this Saturday. Yes. And we're reserved. I'm not that, even going to mention thing. what franchise it is, but there's a good chance you know what it is. It's, 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 it's not Star of, Trek. Yeah, it's kind of... That's you why know, we're not was, talking about it. Was, it. You know, it was, the series was originally uh, developed in 1977 by a uh, independent filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you kind of get and, the and idea some of the what that some is. some of the stars in that movie did go on to become uh, major Hollywood draws. Yeah, go figure. So mm-hmm. so you know, good luck figuring out what that is. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, we can uh, discuss what in Star Trek lore, um, in terms of. Um, favorite captains, and this can be from any captain in the movies. It can be any captain in in the TV show. Basically, what like what's your favorite captain, and why? Who's my favorite captain? And he doesn't have to be limited uh, limited to Federation. <clears throat> okay, that's an interesting quandary because um, <clears throat> here's the thing. Um, just let's go ahead and start off. And he's not necessarily one of my favorites, but I feel like we should see more of him. Right. And I feel like the time is right that we can really kind of get some stuff out of it. But at the same time, maybe that ship has sailed. Um, the captain, the original captain of the Enterprise B. Now, here's the thing. He's played by... Hold on a second. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the IMDb... Because I just I suck at you suck at preparing. <laughs> well, no, I to be fair, I just brought this up because it was just in my head, and it was like, what what can we well, talk that's the thing, about? You don't edit during, the show. During, yeah, well, I know I don't, and and I I usually <laughs> run, I I predicate on running the show uh, that I don't need to edit. All I have to do is upload it, and it's done. Yes, yeah, so I don't need to spend any more extra time. Uh, editing it and like, oh man, God, I gotta right, edit right, right, a right. podcast. Here we like, go. I, it's not something. I, editing is not something I enjoy doing. That's right. Well, fair enough. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, I want to talk real fast about one of the ships I think needs a little more attention. Once the advert, <sighs> God, there's an advert. 
That's an advertisement, huh? Yep. Okay. Well, they, they always get advertisements. I don't want. I do not want to buy a Corolla. Okay. God well, damn it. Well, well, why not? Why not? Why not now? Because at, at eight o'clock on Thursday. Wait. <laughs> eight p.m. on Thursday. Why can't? Yeah. Why can't you buy a Corolla? Jesus Christ! Wiki has so many pop-up ads. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit. I, I, what, one of the captains I want to see more of is Captain John Harriman of the Enterprise B. Because conversely, what ends up happening is, if you read the books at all, he kind of goes nuts, and all of a sudden we get Captain Sulu, as in Hikaru Sulu's daughter, and that ship kind of meets not the greatest fate in the world, but I've always felt like if they're going to do another Star Trek series, I would love, 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 love to see something with the Enterprise B. Because here's the thing, when you watch... When you watch Star Trek Generations, and we're going to get to that movie, and we're really going to review it in depth, um, what you have is a captain who, while you know, it doesn't feel like he doesn't belong there, at the same time, he's very, very green behind the ears. You know what I mean? Um, he's kind of looking to Kirk and you know the original crew for help when they face that you know um, when they face that terror in space time, and. Um, He's really kind of looking up to them because honestly, I I think that he he's very inexperienced, and I'd love to see, I'd love to see a ser- series of Star Trek where like, what if the captain doesn't know all the answers? Exactly. You know, like that. You know, as much as I love that dude in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, <laughs> I really did. Um, I think he would really kill it as a cat as the captain of the Enterprise B now. Like, especially considering you can bring back the original, you know, costumes, and then you can kind of update it and start to do that transitional period between, like, the B, the C, and the D. And you can kind of start to get where, like, you know, Picard was at the beginning of, you know, the first season of Enterprise. <clears throat> you can do a lot with that. And I I, I just, I don't know, I, I, I love that, Captain. But um, moving on, let's talk about one of your favorites, like, my favorite um, captain that um, I I will look forward to once you know we eventually get to next generation is Picard. Picard is he's he's one of those he's one of those characters that demands presence. It demands yes. um, like uh, it's it's that it's that British type of uh, respect, and it's it's he the way he commands himself uh, in, in in any dialogue is always engaging and it's right. always it's more i guess more of a compliment of the actor uh sir patrick stewart for for you know he's for a, bringing his thing his shakespearean um he's not even an american and i consider him a national treasure ex- exactly <laughs> you exactly. know you know he's a world treasure um the way uh, the way john B- B- picard kind of goes about things and you know like let's discuss this a little bit you know, let's um, right. Let let's deal with these situations um, very, very carefully. He's a diplomat, and first and, and foremost, yeah, yes, he's, he's very, a very, very great diplomat. He's he's the one of the greatest diplomats uh, Starfleet has, has ever to seen. Offer. Like you know, it's it's funny because it's like if I forget who originally said this, but they're like, if you're going into a dogfight, bring Kirk. If you need to negotiate, like world peace basically bring picard because picard isn't gonna picard isn't the kind of guy to throw blows necessarily he'll fight if he needs to that's what kirk does picard is very good at 
assessing a situation and looking at it from multiple sides and finding a way out of it, almost in a weird sort of way. Like, he doesn't need the Kobayashi Maru because he just uses his logic. He's like, yeah, okay, let's figure this out. And and the one let's the case, talk this out, guys. And one of the cases, you know, you yeah. have um, you have the actor playing the character, but also, you know, most you find a lot of the actor in that character. Um, just quoting uh, Star uh, Patrick Sir Patrick Stewart when he said, "I find myself talking a lot about Picard." And one of the things that I've come to understand is that I talk about Picard, what I find it is I'm talking about myself. There is, was a sort of double action that occurred. In one sense, Picard was expanding like this. At the same time, he was also growing closer and closer to me as well as some respect, I suppose, even had some influence on me. I became a better listener than I have ever had been in a result of playing Jean-Luc Picard mm-hmm. because it is one of the things that he does terrifically well. Yes. And then, like, that quote is just, it's, you know, that that pretty much explains it. Now, here's here's the interesting thing about Picard. Um, One of the things I've noticed about him when I've watched the series, and um, first and foremost, um, this is is true of every character on the show because they had, like, eight seasons, which was, you know, I'm sure that TOS would have loved eight seasons, but um, regardless, um, when you watched Star Trek... The next generation from beginning to end every character goes through multiple arcs and they come out they come out as different people at the very end at the very end of that series they are very different people um i still feel like they hold true to what they believe in and who they are but at the same time they've been through some stuff for instance um if you notice whenever you see you know like you know whenever you see Riker at the table you know playing cards with everybody else You'll notice that Picard's never there because, you know, that's kind of that's kind of a fool's errand, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go gambling money. You know, why are we even gambling money? Because, you know, money doesn't exist here, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole other issue we'll get into one day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, talk, <laughs> we'll talk about the dichotomy of money in Star Trek and how that works later. Absolutely. Um, because I feel like it's an interesting subject. But um, you'll notice at the very end of the series, for the first time ever, here comes Picard and he's just like, deal me in, guys. Because he goes through something where, like, you know, you know, when you look at Picard at the beginning of Star Trek The Next Generation, he is very removed from everybody else. Not that he doesn't care, but he's a very removed, very singular person. He, he likes his space. He's a very introverted person. He doesn't like sharing his feelings. Um, he's not really a family-oriented man. And, they're, like, it also kind of shows, and that kind of splays out into how things work with him and his co-workers, you know, and maybe he's not the most fatherly person in the, in the world, but he's certainly one of the most educated. So you got this weird kind of mix of things. So it's really cool to see him open up to people at the very end of that show run spoilers, by the way, and um, show that he's opening up and like, yeah, let's go. Let's have some fun. Like, yeah, it, it was really, it was really one of those things when he was, he was getting into start when he first was, was like the first season. He was very, very serious. Well, yeah. Oh, extremely. What, what's, what's really, it's funny that you bring that up because it's almost like you could say like what I just said about Picard, you could also kind of say about him as a person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly, and then the, that's even what what uh, Sir Patrick Stewart said. I mean, if it, you know, if you go pat, you go back to, yeah. um, I mean, I'll plug this other podcast, the the Nerdist, because right. you know, it it as 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 big as those guys are, 
I still listen to to them every now and again just because they book such great guests and they uh, they you know they let they let the people talk and you know the guests can really uh, let their hair down as it were. Yeah. So, <laughs> and one of those things, you know, <laughs> Picard was talking about that um, he was really he was very rigid. He was very he's very professional. Right. Extremely professional in in in, in acting and saying you know showing up. Doing your lines and 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 not smuttering about and doing pish posh and you know and talking until the cast, the rest of the cast, broke his, broke his little, his little uh, I'm so great, um, shield down and you know, right and, and he started to have fun, which is like and it's it really it's and it lines up. It's such a it's such a heartwarming like honestly, dude. Like he's, I want to give him a hug. So like I just love to like. Give that dude a hug and just like I don't know. Thank you for being such an awesome person and like I don't know. Like it's it's Make, weird making, making making a difference. Yeah, in, in the, the and you know the it's, acting community and also and also yeah. you know obviously Star Trek as well because because obviously we wouldn't be talking about him here if he wasn't involved in Star Trek. But right. He, but he does. He is. He is an excellent. He's one of the one of the most um, authentic actors. Mm-hmm. Um, as in the old school. I've even had the the pleasure to, of watching, um, on the you know in, in you know in movies, so it's just he he's a he's a great guy. Um, one of the things one, one of the things I might I might recommend, um, just in case uh, you really I mean you know we've all seen him in stuff like um, what was it we've seen him in stuff like you know X Men and stuff like that. But um, and he's also been in some um, some other stuff. Like I remember he was in a movie back in the 1980s. I forget what it was called. I'll look it up real fast. But um, that was the first time I actually really saw him um, in anything pre Star Trek. Yeah. Um, what I will recommend though is if you're really wanting to see him at his best, and for any Whovians out here. Who might be, you know, like listening to the show? Because, like, I do, a, I do a start, I do a Doctor Who podcast as well. Um, it's called Impromptu Who. You can find it here at CastawayStudios.com. Right. Um, he actually did a Masterpiece Theater with David Tennant, the Tenth Doctor. That's right. I'm talking about the Tenth Doctor on Prime Directive. Because right. look at me. Um, he played. Um, he played his uncle, and you watch. It's free to watch. It's on. It's on PBS.com. Go watch it. I mean, it's long, but. Holy shit! They they have some chemistry, dude. David Tennant and Patrick Stewart. I'm like, oh, like my Anglophobia is just like, like I'm I just loved all of that because like, wait, Anglophobia? No, that's not right. Like you're an Anglophile, <laughs> but you're not Anglophobic. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So so but, anyway, it and it really does explain a um say true testament that when we started talking about captains we like, I mentioned Sir Patrick Stewart. You know, I you know. Uh, John Luke Picard, and like we already blew through like five ten minutes, just yeah. talking about that captain. I mean, like it. That's a testament as to, as to how how well that that he comes across on screen. Like I have so much respect for that dude. Like I don't know, he's just um, like, and he even does like the comic the comic stuff he does for fam- for Family Guy and American Dad. Like it, it's it's. Yeah, it's hilarious. That would that would not have happened without Star Trek. Uh, like what we what we were just talking about when we were just talking about how he got out of his um, how he got out of his shell and he was, you know, 
he was um, so serious, and now all of a sudden he's not, and he's, you know, doing this. He's he's doing all this, you know, stuff with Seth MacFarlane and whatnot. That would not have happened had he not broken out of his shell and started having a little more fun. Right. Um, God, I would love to have him on the show. Oh, dude. I, you know, I, I'd be dying. I don't even know what I would... I, I, would, I would just be like, oh, my God. I don't even know what I would talk to him about. I would be so starstruck. What'd you do today? <laughs> I don't know. I, I would really... I, uh, I, I would, That's I right. would squee even more than I uh, squeed one when we met Adam Nimoy, which is, like, uh, still unbelievable, by the way. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's still unbelievable we met him, and we got to interview him. And those of you who have, have, haven't had the chance to listen, please scroll back on SoundCloud and, and, and go through our playlist, and you'll see the Adam Nimoy interview up there. Give it a listen. It's a really good stuff. Anyway, so, um, so, um, after, by the, if you're done, we're going to go on break. Yeah, by the way, so um, he did um, just, just kind of given some other non-Star Trek stuff for you to go check out, uh, Patrick Stewart. Um, in 1984, he was um, Lord Yupa in Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is a Studio Ghibli joint. Um, he did the overdubbing for that for the English. Obviously, he was in Dune. And then he was in a little movie called Life Force. He played Dr. Armstrong. And uh, my dad had that movie around forever because I don't know why. I guess he just really loved that movie. Uh, it kind of starts off with like a naked chick just walking through the streets of some small town. And all of a sudden, like Patrick Stewart just kind of shows up out of nowhere. It's not his best role. But what the fuck? Well, what, what, what happened there? I don't know. My phone's derping. It's not derping anymore. <laughs> Is that mine? No, that's mine. That's mine because IMDb was like, you need a you need a commercial. Oh, God, no. Speaking of commercials, Sean, I think uh, it's time for it's time for a break. Uh, the phones are starting to derp out, and we need to we need some station identification. And uh, stay tuned and do what the commercials say. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com, home of thousands of audiobooks. Click through the link in the episode description below and receive two free audiobooks of your choice. We at the studio recommend Ready Player One, as narrated by Star Trek alumni Will Wheaton. That's two free audiobooks from audible.com. Click the link now. Hey everyone, today's show is brought to you by Castwave Studios' Amazon page. Help our tiny, poor studio and save money at the same time. All you gotta do is go to castwavestudios.com slash Amazon. Learn it, bookmark it, love it. That's castwavestudios.com slash Amazon. Sean is motioning me for to stretch it out. Stretch it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse. And we're back here. And we're back here on, uh, on listeners appointed NPR. No, uh, on we're NPR. back here on Castaway Studios. Uh, Prime Directive, live long and podcast today we're reviewing the episode uh 15 balance of terror um with the first ever appearance of romley uh romulans mm. and uh the first ever kind of in in you know interacting uh television uh appearance of the neutral zone yes which becomes very important later on um, very very important Yes. So, um, let's go over the the plot after a couple clips I have I have prepared here. But the the episode starts out how with does something it, how something d- similar. This might be from a movie. It's not a Star Trek movie, but this is um, 
it, you know, you'll recognize okay, so, it when you hear so, it. So, so the episode starts out with one little thing. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage that wishes arrangement. <laughs> okay. Um, so love. Yeah, the... <laughs> Woo, love. <laughs> what the world needs now. Uh, <laughs> as love to a love. Um, anyway, so, so there's a marriage going on. Yeah. And, and homeboy Kirk is officiating it because apparently he's with the Unitarian church or some shit. I don't know. Anyways. I, yeah. He's officiating a wedding. I'm like, I'm, I was like, well, I wonder, oh, is man, it, is it's, Kirk, it's, is Kirk a priest? After all this nonsense with the, with, you know, with, with, uh, interplanetary war and, 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 uh, just, just, you know, things go wrong every episode. Well, what's it like when they really kick back on this ship and then they're doing a wedding? And it's yeah. like, Who's, this who, is what you guys do in your spare time. Right. Uh, I, was, I was wondering, did, did anybody cater? Like, you know. I don't there, know. Probably. There, like, you know, like, did the replicator, you know, create the wedding cake? Or it's maybe, like. Maybe maybe it did. Maybe they huh. did. Mr. Spock, unlock the wedding cake mode on the replicator, <laughs> if you will, please. <laughs> Affirmative, Captain. <laughs> But, will, uh, it be a two anyway, will it be a two-tiered or a three-tiered cake? Anyway, the, the uh, Mawage, Mawage was interrupted. Mawage! <laughs> the wedding, the wedding was interrupted. <laughs> um, so they had to, uh, yeah. Romulans. Well, why was the wedding, why was the wedding interrupted? <laughs> well, uh, I, think, I think Captain Kirk is going to help us. Uh, he's going to fill us in okay. just a bit. Captain's log, stardate 1709.2. Patrolling outposts guarding the neutral zone between planets Romulus and Remus and the rest of the galaxy received emergency call from outpost four. The USS Enterprise is moving to investigate and assist. So uh, they get a distress call. Oh, like how? Ooh, that's a that's a new thing. They, they, they oh, never God. get a distress distress call when they're trying to do something else. Oh no! It's almost like we're the, it's almost it's almost like we're the only ship out in this quadrant. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> Ain't that a coinky dink? That's a coinky dink right there. So, uh, so they're they're uh, they're assessing assessing this damage on the ship. Damage. Uh, <laughs> damage is what brings the damage. Is what brings the And then like, and the, then the the guys in the background just like I'm broken. <laughs> And yeah, then, you then, get this. Then you, it like on screen, and the guy's like burnt. He's like a little burnt to the crisp, and there's actually actually flame in the foreground on on the camera. Yeah, this poor guy is sitting there, basically telling Kirk everything he knows in his last waking moments, and like he's like, "Oh God, no, it's coming towards us!" And like blows up, and well, shit well, just gets well, awful. Just, just, let's back up here for a second because they have. I don't know what what is with uh, with you know space Skype, but it's it's very interactive. Not only can you see this hit your screen what's what's coming out of uh, your ship you can see them inside their ship you can see what they see out of their screen not to mention apparently someone's operating it behind there and like you know panning and scanning and getting close-ups and whatnot yeah i'm like oh wow i didn't know that someone was being I, paid that on. technology is just years away we'll, we'll, we'll have that and we don't have to worry about that would be really cool course. actually if they actually they had like an automated arm on like a swivel that just kind of followed your movements right anyways um and they even they even take sound and put it on screen or right. code code and put it on screen shit i can barely hear anybody typing when i facetime what the fuck <laughs> what are you getting what are you talking about um i'm ordering pizza 
What do you want? So, uh, the the Romulans, um, you know, they're just they're just they're just you know those Romulans. Oh, uh, those Romulans. Those Romulans. By the way, Willy Webble Wowzles. By the way, you hear about the planet. You hear about the planet Romulus and the planet Remus, which is interesting because I thought that those were two sides of the same coin. But All right. well, that, that, we'll get into that when we watch Star Trek Ten, shall we? We're going to talk about uh, engineering, which is special effects. You know, that is really getting annoying. And yeah. this will be um, just uh, special effects. Could be makeup. Could be uh, anything regarding the visual lore storytelling. Right. Okay. So uh, right now, uh, I think we should kind of go over like the outside of the ships and like how how that look. I think I think it was uh, the uh, the Romulans. Uh, you know, their main weapon was a fireball, essentially. It was basically either a Kamehameha or a Hadouken or any kind of like you know. Yeah, something Liu Kang would like right. for a lot of his uh, for a lot of his uh, his um, <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to give it like an 8 out of 10 because it, it, it did okay. Well, I mean, yes, but let's also talk about a couple of other things before I go ahead. and um, when, when what looks like a bird of prey, which everybody's talking about, which that's totally not what that's called, but I'm, again, drawing a blank and my phone's off, so screw it. Um, it, it the well, Romulus. No, it was a bird of prey. The, the bird of prey. Oh, it was a bird of prey. Bird of prey is what oh. brings us. I'm going to keep doing that shit. Two turtle doves. Oh. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Each symbolic um, for each other. Um, so I'm thinking I 9 out of 10. What you get, let's I, get your score. I haven't seen Home Alone 2 in years, man. Isn't that great? Isn't that great reference? Aw, I'm going to have to watch that later. Aw, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I love that movie. It's like a sweet reference. It's yeah. like, I was, I was like, I picked up on that. Aw. Two turtle doves. Uh, the bird lady. Anyways, um, <laughs> so off topic now. Um, the um, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, let's talk about that piece of paneling that fell off the ceiling of the Romulus warship <laughs> that looked like a oh, giant God, piece of like no. shipping container, <laughs> and it just kind of bounced and they moved it out of the way and like, oh no, the old guy, he's he's dead. I, I, no, I, I, I think the, uh, there's a there's a f- structural flaw. In these Romulan ships, yeah. and you know, sometimes on they're, on, they're, on Federation ships, they're made they of cardboard and drywall. What's going? What's going on there? It's like drywall and asbestos, like you know, yeah. with with some duct tape. <laughs> uh, so what, some what was drywall. Your, what, was your score, what was your score for engineering? We got. Um, move. you know what? I'll give it a like a, an eight out of ten as well. I mean, it. it there were a couple things on there, like obviously, you know, like things were sparking and whatnot. They had that. They had that, you know, purple poison gas stuff in the control room, which I was like, oh, look, the Joker's been by. Um, <laughs> um, which, by the way, the, the, both those both those series filmed on the same set, so it's entirely plausible that Cesar Romero just showed up and was like, um, I paint on me mustache. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, I'd love to do a show about that one day. Um, but uh, anyways, they did a couple of really cool things. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool. So uh, that's gonna get a uh, 8.5 since I did the nine. Oh. And then next, we're gonna go to the bridge. Just let me work for a little food. So um, this is acting and story and uh, 
and 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 things to that nature. Yeah. So I thought the you know the story was pretty good. Um, it was very very intensive. I I, I kept watching. I yeah. thought I thought it did well in terms of crafting, um, keeping you on the edge of your seat, like where things mm-hmm. are going to go. Um, um, you know, when I first saw this episode way back when, I was really surprised about like the back and forth and like again this is kind of like with um an episode that we reviewed a little while but you know the corporate might maneuver in which this is kind of like a chess game you know you have two opposing sides who aren't really able to they're able to track each other but still at the same time they're both trying to stay alive and not overstep their bounds and also they're trying to stop intergalactic war from breaking out that's a big one um you know there there's so much stuff going on here not only you know, you have the main story and then you also have the wedding and all that stuff going on. But then you also have this interesting subplot in which you have the main, you know, navigator who's not Chekhov yet. Cause Chekhov comes on in season two. So we'll get to Chekhov whenever he comes up. Um, you know, we have this guy who kind of looks like a young Dan rather from CBS news. And, I'm um, Dan rather from CBS news. Sailors. Scrotters. Sailors at Seashet. It's sunset. Um, also, Show you know, you get you like, get some um, good, decent acting. Yeah. I'll, I'll pull a clip here real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I thought there was some uh, some excellent intensity in this scene, and I'll just go ahead and play that right. We formed command base. In my opinion, no option. On my responsibility, we are proceeding into the neutral zone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then, then it literally goes dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you like. You get that excellent, that excellent, uh, the a- excellent accent, a- yeah. acting there. But the music along yeah. with it is really great. So um, uh, I'm going to give this a 26 out of 30. Okay. I, I just want, kind of wanted to finish up my thought. I didn't want to leave it hanging. Sorry. Um, sorry. Not, not, I'm not like. Sorry, not sorry. Try not to be a douche, sorry, honestly. Not, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry. Um. Hi, Watsky. Um, so, we um, we have again we have this interesting subplot again with you know Dan Rather of Shibish News, um, who's you know kind of starting to grow weary of a Spock because hey, it turns out that you know the Romulans, who by the way we have never seen the Romulans before on screen ever. They have been this dark entity that has been masked in secrecy to the Federation, and they're even more you know. The, the reason to distrust them so much is because they were part of a giant war over a hundred years ago that, you know, practically almost destroyed the beginnings of the Federation. So they're, you know, they're extremely distrustful of the Romulans. So when the Romulans first show their face and, hey, look, they kind of look like Vulcans. Sure enough, we have, you know, homeboy steering the ship, looking at Spock going, dude, what the fuck? What's going on here? Um, and of course he ends up, you know, Spock ends up saving the guy's life at the end of the episode. And he's like, thank you. I didn't, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Like there's that whole lesson of like, you know, don't trust a book by its cover or don't judge a book by its cover, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was a really interesting thing. And it kind of added a little bit of tension to the thing because he doesn't know. I mean, in all, in all reality, in all reality, would you trust a guy that kind of looks like that? I mean, like, sure. He's shown his loyalty. It's like, it's like um, but it's like, wait a minute. It definitely what hits the real f- world issues. Yeah, it's like, like, what the f- what the fuck, dude? Like, you know, 
you early know. 2000, 2002, did you trust anyone that was Arab? Oh, I mean, after every, everybody was in that state of fear. Everyone. I mean, that's, a, you know what, as much as I don't want to mention that, you know, you're right. That is kind of how it's things close to home. It, it, a lot of people kind of felt like that. And that's kind of and how I'm like, and like, like everyone these, was included yeah. in that. And even people that weren't Arab that were just Indian. Right. Which is, Which is just fucking dumb at that point. Well, now, now we consider that stupid. But, oh, it is. But, but like, even it, back then, you know, it's, it's reasonable to assume that they would, uh, that he would have that reaction. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like a kin thing, you know what I mean? Like you trust it's 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 weird, but like you kind of trust the pack mentality and like when this X factor shows up out of nowhere, you start to question things. So he kind of had a point, but at the same time, Kirk kind of reality checked him and says, "Look, whatever bigotry that you have, leave it in your room. I will not tolerate it on this bridge." And um for that, I'm giving it a 30 out of 30 because there is so wow. much awesome story going on here and so many clash of clashing of ideologies it's it's a beautiful episode and i i love this This is like one of my favorite episodes all right next one um this is the sick bay yeah, well, let me, let me play, play again. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. And then that's a little louder, a little louder. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. That's much better. Anyway, um, this is with the death counts that we have. And I will say, and I will play one, just one, because we did lose the man who is at the wedding. <laughs> she didn't even get widowed. Because they never got married. Because Tomlinson, uh, the boy, was getting married this morning. That poor, his fiance, his fiance is in the chapel. Meanwhile, Kirk just goes over there to see what I can do. You know, I know that a lot of emotions are stirring up inside you. It right never now. makes any sense. So if you need a hand, a shoulder to lean on, I'll be in my quarters. <laughs> you know. Like that's he's he's already swooping in, man. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> but anyway, that was the uh, the one the one there. So. Let her at least bury the fucking guy before you know you start trying to throw some dick inside her. God. So next we uh, oh yeah oh yeah we got scored. Um, I'm thinking. I mean stakes were high, but I'm just gonna be giving it a, like a two. Well, because two. Well, two three. No, hold on. The in, there's a lot of impacts. There, well, we're talking deaths, right? Deaths. The entire Romulan crew died because that ship blew the fuck up. So that could be a seven and eight or eight. Yep. Eight. Eight it is. Eight is for that one. Next we have the captain's log. Does the company that made your bra make a girdle as well? Yes, it girdle does. As well. A girdle. A girdle. A girdle. Um, so this is the captain's job. Captain Kirk. How how did he approach all of this? Um, I thought it was it was it was decent. He actually had his moment of doubt, um, which we didn't really get from Kirk thus far. Yeah, he started um, he started having some serious you know conflict inside of himself. You know, where like it's one thing to deal with you know you know, smaller disputes. And you could argue that a lot of the disputes that have happened so far, uh, have been on a smaller, more personal scale. Maybe they do involve the government. Maybe not. 
but this right here, this is literally, you know, the equivalent of do I press the button and start World War Three or not? Yeah. You know, and he has to deal with that reality. And Bones does a very good job of acting as his conscience and acting as, you know, look, let me just tell you what I, and he goes into this really beautiful story about, you know, how out of in all the, in this galaxy, there's a mathematical probability of 3 million Earth type planets. And in all the universe, 3 million galaxies like this. It, and in, in all that, perhaps more, only one of each of us. Don't destroy the one named Kirk. And, like, that's that, yeah, he, he, uh, that was real, that was really kind of like cool type of way to say, hey, buddy. You know, don't don't get down right now, but uh, yeah, Kirk was this very down down on on that aspect. I mean, I think he pulled through okay, and he really got the job done at the end of the day. I say, good job, Kirk. You earned a uh, nine out of ten. What about you, Brian? <clears throat> it's nice to see Kirk have some doubt. It's nice to see Kirk, you know, actually step aside from the job. Because he still had, they, they had some downtime, so they because they had to work on the ship after it got blown the fuck up uh, pretty severely by the Romulans, they had to do some repairs. So in all that time, you know, when you have stuff like that happening, your head starts, your head starts working, your mind starts, you know, kind of worrying, and you start to self doubt starts to creep in. And I don't blame him for starting to doubt himself a little bit, you know, because yeah, there was a lot on the line, and he pulled through. Um, you know, and he inspired people and hell, he even, you know, smacked down a bitch basically and was just like, no, don't be racist. That's, that's, that's lame. Stop that. If you're going to be on this bridge, you're going to work together as a team. He is on our team. Don't you dare. 10 out of 10. All right. So it gets a nine. Cause we need five out of 10. We need more people like that. So anyway, our next one is uh battle stations. And uh, this is the action of the of the uh, of the episode, and I think um, it was very suspenseful, very intense. Um, a lot of phaser firing. I think one one of the most phaser firing episodes I've seen so far uh, in this series. So oh, I, yeah. I'm going. I'm going with like, and plus they mentioned battle stations like three or four <laughs> times. I'm giving it a full ten out of ten. Uh, it was it was very engaging. Yeah, I'll give it a nine out of ten. It was um, one of the better episodes. Again, one of the better dog bites you'll see. Absolutely. And so uh, next we have the transporter room. Well, is inside out. I heard that. It turned inside out. And it exploded. And this is uh travel. So uh, again, they went a lot of places. Um, granted, they were on the ship, but they were traveling a vast dis- distance. You know, they, they were traveling a vast distance along the neutral zone, and this is a very important uh, area. So I'm giving it a high score, nine out of ten. I'll give it an eight. So eight point five. Okay. So next we have the aliens and bad guys. So on this one. I guess we'll uh, do that one. Incoming transmission. There we go. Thank um, you, Michael Barrett. <laughs> absolutely. You're welcome. Um, 
so this is like the bad guys, aliens, and uh, everything. So that would be um, the, the the Romulans, Romulans in this case. Yeah, because they were um, they were quite uh, a match for it was quite a match for Kirk. Uh, he did he did meet him and it very very well in that respect and they had they did pull a very very good actor to to play him so um if i remember correctly um by the way i believe that the same gentleman who played this captain winds up playing sarek yeah spock's dad exactly which is freaking cool like not not awesome yeah he he does a couple of different things in this show i think he plays I, I know that he. I think he plays a human character as well. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. So so yeah, I'm going. It's out twenty points, so I'm going about like uh, about eighteen out of twenty. Okay, I, I know he did he did a decent job. Yeah, I'll give it a nineteen um, because the Romulans. Here's the thing: the Romulans. the The fascinating thing to me about the Romulans is that, in a weird sort of way, when you take a look at the planet Vulcan as a whole before this whole split happened. Um, basically they evolved to a point where, you know, there was a fine line in the sand. Do you follow logic and wisdom? Do you follow the Vulcan way of life or do you follow, you know, war? Are you untrusting? Are you just, are you unable to commit to that way of thinking? And here's the thing. They were banished from the planet Vulcan because essentially Romulans are pissed off Vulcans. <laughs> That's the thing about them, which is fascinating. And um, then you have the Remans as well. And again, we'll get into that with Nemesis because uh, anyways. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Romulans are just fascinating characters, in my opinion. And I don't think we see enough of them, especially in you know TOS. We definitely get more of them in um, Next Gen. But as far as they go, like I have them up there with you know Klingons. As like some of my favorites. Absolutely. Um, so this episode is one of our highest ever. It uh, ninety point five points. Ninety point five out of a hundred. Is this our first day? This is our first ninety one A. High five, my friend. Brother. We finally got to some a good episode. It took some trick, but we you know. Yeah. I I honestly you know again you know talking about it we kind of you know. Not to not saying that we breezed through it, but if you, this is honestly one of those episodes I would say if you're looking to get into the original series, um, check this one out Absolutely. because there's so much going on, and it's such a fine example of what Star Trek can be about. You know, it really is. It, it's uh, suspenseful. You know, it, it's it's a really serious episode. I think. Uh, you should uh, definitely check it out. Now, what's interesting about how serious this episode is, is that next week we're going to be talking about something a little more light and fun because we going on shore leave, which is going to be amazing. Oh, fun. <laughs> so uh, go to castawaystudios.com slash Amazon for all of your purchasing needs. Also, uh, check out the Audible link that we have in the episode description. You can get two free audiobooks. I'm not kidding. Two free ones. Go grab them. Go try Audible. 
Listen to Ready Player One by Ernest Klein already. It's a great book. Steven Spielberg is making a movie out of it. Be one of those who who, who read the book before they did everything there. So anyway, for Brian Massey, singing Brian Massey, and myself, um, Live Long and, and Podcast. podcast.